young girl two weeks ago. Her name is Morgan, and her dad was uh, was battling cancer and came up to one of our small groups in our youth ministry, came up to one of our small group leaders and, and uh, said, hey, man, my dad's battling cancer. Would you pray? Right. We're about to pray right now, but same thing in, in that service. And, uh, and the small group leader prayed. And Morgan texted the small group leader Thursday morning. So Wednesday night, they prayed Thursday morning, said, hey, they can't find a thing. Doctors have no idea what just happened. And uh, come on, man. And uh, guess what? We're going to do the same thing. It's the same God. It's Jesus. He loves us. He cares about us. And he cares about you today. And so I want to pray for you today. Exact same way. We're just going to believe and ask Jesus to heal you, whatever you might be going through today. So if you're here and you just say, yeah, there's some things in my life that I cannot control or I cannot, they're beyond me and I need Jesus uh, in that situation. If that's you, would you just lift a hand so I know who I'm praying for? Nothing crazy right now. Come on and let's pray for one another. Come on. This is one of those family moments together. Father, I thank you, God, for healing uh, Morgan's father. And Lord, we pray right now that you would do it again. We thank you that, God, you have done it in the past. You're going to do it in the future. And we believe that you can do it right now. And so, Jesus... We ask you right now in your powerful name for depression to leave, God, for for uh, disease and cancer to go in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray today that, God, you would protect marriages today. You would protect families today. God, you would bless. Lord, for those that are, are having uh, decisions to be made this week, God, maybe some big decisions that are to be made this week. Lord, would you bring clarity? Would you bring open doors? God, we just declare your blessing over your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on. Can we just declare this one more time together? Stay glory. So Holy Spirit. It's so good to see you in the house this morning. Before you're seated, would you get outside your aisle, say hello to a couple people right around you, and then you can find your seat.
Well, good morning, City Church. How's everyone feeling today? Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? Awesome. Well, so am I. My name's Nicole. I'm one of the many volunteers here at City Church. If you are a first-time guest and you have not received our Welcome Home brochures that look like this, go ahead and slip up your hand and our ushers would be happy to give one to you. And as you look inside, we have our Welcome Home cards that look like this. And you can go ahead and fill these out. And at the end of service, we have a seven-minute party for all of our first-time guests. We call you guys our VIPs. Um, Yeah, so it's exciting. It's a seven-minute little get-together, and there's food and everything. So make sure you get back there. There's signs around the building um, in case you need direction. Yes, I know. It's very exciting. Parties. And and make sure you turn this card in. Fill it out and turn it in. And uh, you can get a free gift back there in the party. So make sure you do that. It's very important. And if you received a bulletin um, this morning, which you should have, or if you haven't, we have connection cards um, that were in your bulletin or in the seat pocket in front of you. And if it's your first, if it's your second or third time here, not first time because that's what these are for. If it's your second or third time here or if you attend here regularly, go ahead and fill out this connection card. Put them in the offering buckets as they pass and check out this video. And good morning. Welcome to Orlando City Church. I'm Joe Rivera. Welcome home. We're really glad that you're here. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, your next step is water baptism. Join us on September 21st and dedicate your life to God in front of your entire church family. We welcome you to join us. Just check the back of your connection card. That's Sunday, September 21st. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you're having a great time. Be sure to join us again on Wednesday night. We have something for all ages. It starts this Wednesday at 7 p.m. To learn more about us, our events, and our activities, and our academy, be sure to visit orlandocitychurch.com or check your bulletin for more information. If you still have questions, we have answers. Just find someone with a City Church name tag. They would be more than happy to help. Just one more thing. Go ahead and grab your phone and check in, because it's a great day at City Church, and we're glad you're here. Good morning, everyone. We are glad you're here. Hey, today, it, it's just, these are one of the things that we love to do as a church family. We're going to just have you guys come spread all the way across the back here. Uh, today, I get to dedicate Jackson Liam Borders to Jesus. Come on, let's do a big hand here. Jackson Liam was born December 8th, uh, August 25th, 2003. I'll look up here. At a, I can't read that far back. Six pounds, two ounces. You're a big guy, man. Look at that. He's going after the bottle. Doing good. Uh, Jackson Liam is a miracle. Jackson's name means a gracious gift, or the, God has favored us. And the favor of God is upon Mike and Michelle. And, and I was praying. I've, I've been praying for you guys, you know, for many years. I love you. Mike, I love you. Uh, I'm a lunch buddy. I love the way you express Jesus to people. But what I most love is what God has done in your life and the story that he's done in your family and the miracle. I remember the night that you got married and celebrate recovery and the big party that we had and how God has worked in your life. It's just been an amazing miracle, the grace of God. And God just spoke this verse into my heart. And, you know, we do these dedications as a family. And my wife in just a few minutes is going to read a charge. But we do this as a family because we believe in the power of blessing. And Jackson Liam is truly a gift of God to Mike and Michelle. The Psalms 92 came to my mind. It, it, it just talks about the righteous are planted in the house of God. And it says, and those who plant themselves in God's house will flourish. And God wants you to flourish. 
God wants Jackson's life to flourish. God wants your marriage to flourish. God wants you to flourish. And, and the fact is, is that Mike and Michelle and family and church family, but as parents, you're his number one spiritual leader. You're his number one spiritual leader. My challenge to you guys, seek God with all your heart. Seek God. Put Jesus first in everything you do. You know, the second thing I really believe today, I really believe this, that you got to stay planted. Stay planted in the house of God. Those who plant themselves in the house of God will flourish. I mean, and you know, making church a priority. When I know you're working during the day and all that, but then Sunday mornings and Wednesdays. And, and then the third thing is that just keep sharing your life. You guys have an incredible story. Mike, you have an incredible story. Michelle, what God has done in your life and the way that he's just worked in your life over the years. Keep sharing your story. Because when you share your story, you give permission for the whole world to know the story of Jesus. Because what God has done in your life has been favored. The gracious hand of God has been upon you. And I love you. And I'm gonna I'm not sure if I want to risk. Can I risk it here? Can I can I risk it? Okay, I'm gonna just stand right here. Can I show you off Jackson? Can can I let all the people see you real quick? All right, all right. Uh oh, uh oh. Go give Jackson a great big hand. My wife is going to read a charge, and uh, so she's going to charge the family and then charge the congregation. So when it's your time to respond, you need to respond. All right, go ahead. All right, Michael and Michelle and family, it is, it, is it your intention to present your child to the Lord and to pledge yourselves to bring this child up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord? If so, please answer we do to the following promises. Do you dedicate yourselves to God and his church that Jesus died for? Do you dedicate yourselves to raise Jackson in a godly home where Christ and his church are honored? Do you this day recognize Jackson as a gift of God and thank God for, the, for this blessing? Do you this day dedicate this child to the Lord? Do you here this day promise to give this child every possible benefit of a godly home, a strong local church, and a strong education? All right. Now, church, this is for you. Do you, family and friends in church this day, commit to living and partnering with Michelle and Michael in being an example of a godly Christian community by providing the encouragement and support for this family to experience the full blessing of Christian community and living? Do you here this day ask God's blessing upon Jackson to guide, guard, and direct him throughout his years? All right. All right. We're going to pray a prayer blessing over Jackson. Daddy's doing a better job than I am. And so can you just stretch forth your hands? We're going to pray over Mike and uh, Michelle and Jackson and the family today. Father, we declare your goodness and grace. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done in the Borders family. God, thank you for Jackson and the gracious gift, the favor that's been upon this family, Lord. And God, we just declare over his life divine protection. God, I thank you, Lord, today that your grace is upon them for good. And God, that you will be with them. And as they raise Jackson in the house of God, in the presence of Jesus. I pray that all the days of his life that he would know you and serve you. God, that he would change. He would be a world changer in his generation as he knows the truth of your word and the grace of his God. God, we bless today. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, we bless Jackson, Liam Borders. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. God, let's give a great big hand. We have some special gifts.
All right. We have some special gifts this morning. First of all, for mom who did most of the work, we have a beautiful rose. We have a certificate to remember this occasion. Give that to whoever. We have a Bible, my first Bible for Jackson. Come on. There you go. And then, Pastor, do you want to tell them about this? And then uh, I write a letter to every baby that we dedicate, every baby that I dedicate. I write a letter. This is to be open on his 12th birthday. So just keep this sealed. And when he turns 12, I want you to read this over his life, okay? And we're going to believe that everything that God's spoken is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. <laughs> hey, buddy. Good to see you. God bless you guys. I'm going to let you. What does it mean to be rich on God's terms? What are true riches? Let's discover what God says about being rich in what matters most. Good morning again. All right. Hey, we're in a series entitled Being Rich in What Matters Most. And uh, last week, Pastor Glenn had a great challenge. How many of you were not here last week? We're not here last week. Okay. All right. If you were here last week, did you take one of the challenges? Okay. Just raise your hand real quick. All right. You had the door one, two, three, four. Good, good. How was it? Did you have a good time? It was fun. I had a great time. I didn't get to see the response of the person that I got to bless really good this week because I had to go. But I was, I was waiting. They never came back to my table. But it was a lot of fun giving anyways. And uh, I'm so grateful for what the Lord is doing in our church. And, and you know, every, every week here, God does something very, very unique. We see people's lives touched. We, we see the Spirit of God encouraging us to grow deeper with Him. And as we started this series two weeks ago, the Lord, I really believe that he, he had something he wants to say to this church. He, he really wants to speak to us as a people. And uh, several months ago, we talked about who we could bring in for this series. And our home church, our, our mother church, the church that we have partnered with over the last 10 years has been the City Church of Seattle. Pastor Judah Smith is the pastor there now. And one of his staff members does all their missions, not does it all their missions, but she leads their missions. And she's been on staff at mega churches. She is married for a few years and has two wonderful children and eight grandchildren. She's an incredible woman of faith, an incredible woman of boldness. And she has a message to share with us today on how to be rich in things that matter most. And I want you to give Joanne Ramos a great big city church welcome. Come on. Let's give her a great big welcome as she comes this morning. Okay, now I'm going to sing a special. No, I'm not. Definitely not. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Um, this is probably only my, maybe my second or third time to Florida. I've never been to Orlando. Orlando. Uh, um, but I am so happy to be here this morning. And I do bring many greetings from City Church in Seattle, which I think is as far in the United, continental United States as you can possibly get from Orlando, Florida. And the weather is probably as far as you can get from the weather in Orlando, Florida, too. Although we've been having... Nice weather this week, but um, I've known your pastors for years. We've only met on my side of the world, so it's really happy to, I'm really happy to come here and to, to meet you and to see you and to see your city. Um, they are incredible, 
an incredible man and woman of God. Yesterday we spent the evening, last night we spent the evening together, and I think I'm, you know I went back to my hotel, and the thing I impressed me most was um, their love for you, which is just I know you think that maybe all pastors love their people, they should, but um, that isn't always the case. But how they spoke about you and how they loved you and how they love your city and the people of your city, I was so excited and encouraged to come and see you this morning after hearing about how amazing you were. So I'm really, really happy to be here this morning. And I'm happy about the series I watched uh, last yesterday online. I watched uh, Pastor Glenn share the word from last week. How many of you, was there anybody not here last week? If you weren't here, oh my gosh, podcast. It was so, so good. And how about Joe on the announcements? Seriously, she makes you want to smile, doesn't she? I told her earlier, it makes my face hurt from smiling. That's a good reason for your face to hurt. But um, the message was incredible last week, and I love, I love the title. I love the series about being rich in things that matter most, that richness, riches aren't things that we acquire during our life. It's really who we are and who God has made us to be. And so I hope uh, the word that God has put in my heart today kind of goes along with that. Um, Pastor said I've been married for a long time, which could be good. Um, we've been married for 35 years, actually, next month, my husband and I, yeah. Five um, that weren't so good, but 30 that have been pretty good. Um, so we've been married for 35 years. We met when I was 17, and I moved in with him when I was 19. I got pregnant when I was 19. Um, then we got married, then I had a baby, and then we got saved. I wouldn't recommend that order. If you're not married or single or any of those things, but the goodness of God and the, the graciousness of God has saw us through till 35 years, so we're excited about that. And um, we do have two grown children. Our son is in ministry. He has just taken over a church plant in Sofia, Bulgaria, and he works with A21, which is an anti-human trafficking organization there. And both my son and my daughter um, have four boys, and I think we have a picture so you can see who they are. There they are. Four amazing boys. My son told me he's all done, so I, there's no chance for pink there. But my daughter said she'd give it one more try. Hers are on the top, and uh, so she said she'd give it one more try for a girl. But, you know, after about number four, I kind of didn't care, although I'd like to buy the bows, you know, the bows and the socks and all the, all the pink things. So um, after about grandson number five, I remember complaining to God, I go, what is the deal? You know, just one girl, one in... The Holy Spirit reminded me about a prayer meeting I have at my house every Thursday. And for years, every Thursday, not on the agenda or not planned, we as women would pray for men. For God to cause men to rise up in our nation who were men of God. Men who loved the Word. Men who loved the Spirit. Men who loved the church. Men who loved their families. Men who would lead our nation, lead our churches, lead our families in a righteous way. And so about grandson number five, when I was complaining and asking for a girl, he said, these are the ones you prayed for. So if you're here today and you have sons, God has entrusted you with an incredible gift to raise men of God that will lead our families and lead our homes and lead our nation. Amen? Amen. So those are my guys. How fun are they? Oh my gosh, it's chaos at my house when they're there. So I'm happy to be here this morning. The title of my message this morning is called Open House. And if you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5? Um, you guys shared a verse in uh, 1 Timothy for the last few weeks. Maybe we should start there. Let's go, let's go there. Let's go to 1 Timothy first so that I can just, we'll just all be on the same page with that verse. Um, 1 Timothy in chapter 6. You got that verse up there? God bless your PowerPoint team. I am such an erratic woman. Media team, I mean seriously. Can I clap? 
You guys rock. Seriously. Um, here, here it is right here. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Really, that's what God, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That our riches don't come from money. They're not something that's going to come by the things we accumulate in our life, but our richness comes from God. He, he ascribes value to us as mankind. Um, I want to open to this morning with Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. If you uh, have that, there we go. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. I was going to start at verse 16 because um, there's a part of the verse that I w- really wanted to focus on there. But when I started reading these verses, how many of you ever start down reading something in the Bible and then it goes, oh my gosh, that's good. Oh my gosh, that's good. Oh my gosh, that's good. And that's kind of where what happened with this. And so when I got to Matthew, when I got to Matthew chapter 5 and I was just going to read chapter 6, uh, verse 16, um, I started reading and God, oh no, no, I need to start here. And so I want to start at verse 13 this morning. 5.13. It says, let me tell you why you're here. I don't know, but I would have paid anything for someone at different seasons in my life to tell me why I'm here. I mean, I, we could have, he could have stopped right there. I could have turned right there in the Word, and most of my life, if he was going to answer that question for me, it would have been enough. That if, you haven't, if you're not wondering this morning why I'm here, there, would have, there has already been some season in your life where you wondered why you're here. Or there will be some season. Why am I still here? Why am I here? Why am I in this place? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? He said, let me tell you why you're here. Why you're really here. Let me tell you the real person pur- purpose that you've come to planet Earth. It's not just to get married. It's not just to have that great job. It's not just to upgrade your house or buy a new car. It's not just to um, raise children. It's not just to go to university. Sometimes we can get mixed up about why we're here. And he said, let me tell you why you're really here. And he goes on to say, this is why we're really here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors in this earth. He said, the reason you're here is so that if people can get near you, they can taste how good God is. If people can hear how you speak, if people can see how you live your marriage, if people can see the joy and the peace that you have in turmoil, they can taste the goodness of God. You're here to let people taste how good God is. That's, that's, why, that's why we're here. Have you ever gone someplace and someone walked in the room and you wanted to be around them? It's like because they taste like God. It tastes like God. What is that? What is that about people? I want people to say that about me. The reason we're here is so that people can see how good God is in the earth. So that he, they can taste the goodness of God. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and not really been hungry with somebody? They say, hey, you want to go out to eat? And you go, yeah, but I'm not going to eat. Until you begin to smell the food going by, you know. Oh, maybe I'll have that. Oh, maybe I'll have that. You know what I'm talking about? Or the, uh, this, I'm guilty of this, so I'll use this one. Or the person across from you orders fries. And the, the waitress says, do you want anything? And you say, no, thank you. And your friend goes, you sure you don't want anything? And you say, no, thank you, until their fries come. <laughs> you know what? We're to be on the earth like that for God. That the, the fragrance that we leave, the taste that we carry, the, the aroma that we give off, people know that God is alive on, on the planet and they want it. They want more. It's kind of like I used the example in the first service, like Thai food. You ever go for Thai food? You know, the worst thing about Thai food is that it, you, you fill up on it quick, but you can't stop eating it. 
And you know what? God in us is like that to the world. And he said, okay, if you're not going for the food thing, he goes on in the next verse of 14. He says, here's another way to put it. If you don't buy that, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be, to be kept. We're going public with this. God says you're going to be light so that when people are in the dark and they're stumbling all over themselves and don't know where to go, your presence, me in you, is going to cause people to walk in the light. When people are depressed and confused and, and don't know how, what the, the future holds, you're going to show up on the scene with God on the inside of you and you're going to be light. That's why we're here. God has called us here to be light, to be salt and to light, that people can taste and see where they're going. They can taste how good God is and they can see where he's leading them. That's why we're here. We're not here just to get by. We're not here just to live. We're not here just to have our own family and our own house and upgrade this and upgrade that and a bigger TV and a faster computer. We're not here to, to leave. We, you may leave your mark in the technological world. In our, in our city, everybody's leaving some technological mark. Seriously, Microsoft and Google and everything that's from there. Boeing, we're leaving different marks on our city. But the real reason we're here is to leave the mark of God, to leave the handprint of God, the purpose of God. That's why God made us. And the, the verses go on to say, it says, if I make you a light bearer, you don't think I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put the light, you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hill on, the, on top of a light stand, shine. But this is the part where I really want to talk about today. It says, keep open house. Not have an open house. Not start an open house. Not host an open house. He said, keep open house. Live your life in a way that it's like an open house. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he's made our, his home in us. And what this word says is, keep an open house so that people have access to God on the inside of you. So that people can, if they can get near you, they can get near God. He says, keep an open house. Keep an open house and be generous with your lives. You know what generosity is? It's not just giving money. Generosity with your lives. For some of us, if you have lots of natural riches, being generous with money is easy. What about being generous with your time? What about being generous with your face, not texting on your phone while your husband's talking to you? What about being generous when you're, with your attention when your children go, Mom, 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 and you go, yeah, 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 while you're doing 20 other things? Be generous with your life. Be generous with your heart. Be generous with your attention. Be generous with your affection. And he says, if you will live generous lives by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, their generous Father in heaven. When we live generous lives, when we live our lives with our hearts open and our hands open, people are open to God. What kind of power is that that God has given us? What kind of influence has he given us to influence our world for his kingdom? It's amazing. God, today we just pray over your word and we ask, Father, that you would teach us, that you would lead us, that you would cause us to live the open life that you called us to. God, we're asking today that um, we would set down the things that have happened already today. God, and the things that are yet to come. We, we've sang today that, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We thank you that you're our teacher, that you're our guide, that you're meeting us right where we are. God, you know every name, you know every marriage, you know every circumstance, you know every bill unpaid, you know every need, you know every heartache. God, and you care for us. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for being here, for meeting us. And God, I pray you'd speak beyond my words. Because God, my words will go into the, heart, the ears, but your, your word goes into our hearts and changes us forever. So, Father, we thank you for meeting us here in this place. We honor you and bless you today in Jesus' name.
So I want to talk today about open house, keeping open house. When you have an open heart, you know, whether, whether you're here for the first time or maybe you've been here a hundred times or maybe you're visiting in town, that, but, and I don't know, so I don't know where you are with your relationship with God, but when you open your heart to God, you know the greatest thing about God is you only have to open it a little bit and he'll flood in. But when you open your heart to God and he, and he comes into your life, your natural response is to open your hand. Your natural response is, is, is to reach out to someone else unless you're wounded. Unless you're hurting somewhere. Now, I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, one of my life verses. I claim it as my life verse. People always say to me, um, you are so busy. I know you're so busy. That's usually how they start the conversation off. And I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm not so busy. I refuse to, to say that I'm busy. I don't, I don't want to live that kind of life. I don't want to live a busy life and have that say that over my life all the time. I said, no, 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 I'm not busy. I live a big life. I choose to live a big life. And 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2 is that what I'm looking at? Chapter 6, excuse me. Chapter 6 and verse 11. Chapter 6 and verse 11. It says, Dear, dear Corinthians. It says, Dear, dear City Church. Dear, dear Second Service on Sunday morning. Dear, dear City Church. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into a wide, open, spacious life. He says, We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel from, comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. When God comes into your life, when, when you open your heart just to crack, you know, I love it that the Bible talks about God, about the Holy Spirit being oil or being water or being wind. You know why? Because those things will fit through a crack. So you only got to open your heart a crack. You only got to just, okay, just a little bit, and he'll flood in there. And when you do, the natural response is to open your hand. The natural response is to, is to open, it's like when you get hit on the knee, your reflex is for your leg to pop up. When he fills your heart, your natural response is to open your hands. That's why, have you ever been to service? I remember the first time I came to service and people were raising their hands. I wasn't raised in this kind of church. My husband and I are both first generation believers. I lived like hell most of my life and then got pregnant, got married and got saved. Hallelujah. And, um, but I remember the first time I came to church and everybody had their hands up. I'm thinking, all these people have questions. Why doesn't somebody call on somebody? I'm serious. It was the only time I'd ever seen people with their hands up. But you know what the natural response was? Before I knew it, we started to sing these songs that touched my heart and made my heart open up. And I began to lift my hands because it was a natural response to what he'd done on the inside of me. And the same thing happens when he comes to, when we invite him in. Our natural response is to lift our hands to him and then to lift our hands to each other. It's just the natural response to live a big, open life unless we're wounded. Unless we're wounded. Unless we're hurt someplace. When you hurt someplace, what you want to do is you want to cover it. You want to keep it. You know, all of everybody's been victimized. And I'm not making light of those of you who are in that place right now in your life. But everybody's been sometime in their life abandoned. Everybody's been sometime abused or betrayed or mistreated. Everybody has a reason. That, that they want to cover, that they want to stay closed. That everybody's got has had pain in their life until Jesus comes in. But the problem is, is that we could be in the church and still be a victim because we've let them in, but we won't let them touch anything. We've let them in, but we won't let them heal anything because that means I'd have to look at it again, and I'm not willing to do that right now. That's not God's plan for the church because we can't live an open life while we're covering something up.
I can't let you near enough to help you when I'm hurting myself. I can't bless you with finances when I'm so bound with my own, my own problems and my own needs. And my thoughts are so about me because all I can see is my own pain. That's not God's plan for us as a church. You know, we go from that place and we let God in and then we find ourselves being survivors of it. But you know what? It's not enough to be a survivor. Have you ever seen the show Survivor? They all start off making teams and they're all friends, but none of them are really friends. You can't trust anybody. And you know what? We can come into the church and still be a survivor. Smiling, praise God, lifting our hand. How you doing, brother? Nice to see you. But I'm not trusting you with my heart. I'm not trusting you with my life. I'm not, I'm not trusting you to get too close to me. And that's what a survivor does. They, those on that show, they're all about feeding themselves and finding their own food and keeping them all, their own self safe. You know, we can be in the church and be survivors. Taking care of ourselves, looking out for ourselves. That's not the life that God called us to. He called us to keep open house. And the greatest thing is, is he's not calling us to do something that he hasn't empowered us and enabled us or healed us to do. So when you find yourself, even if this morning you find yourself at a place of survivor, he is right here to go, no, 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 I want to touch that place. I want to heal that place. I want you to be able to live an open, free life. Those things from your past that cause you to be a survivor and keep people at a distance, I'm going to heal those things. I'm going to touch those things because there's a world waiting. And, I, and he's called us to live in open house so that people can see by the way we live our lives that there's a good, generous God who cares for them. And after we've been a survivor, the next place he has for us to be an overcomer. That we've overcome the things that make us small. We've overcome the things that make us little. He said, you're not really small. These things that make you small are coming from within you. They're not on the outside. It's not your job that makes you small financially. It's not your parents that make you small emotionally. Maybe at one season in your life it was, but today it's no longer. You've invited Jesus into your life. His plan is to touch that smallness, to break it off you, to set you free, to heal you, to loose you, so you become more, you become an overcomer. That you've overcome the things that made you little. You've overcome the things that made you small. You overcome the things that caused you not to trust, not to love, not to give. But you know what? He doesn't want to leave us there either. He wants to take us from victim to survivor, to overcomer, to more than a conqueror. Because when you find yourself a more than a conqueror, not only do you live it, you reach back to someone else. Because the same thing that you were ashamed of, now you empower someone else to be set free from. The, the brokenness, the abortion, the divorce, the drug addiction, the sexual addiction. When he set you free, you reach back and go, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have your husband leave you. I know what it's like to have your wife have an affair. I know what it's like to struggle with sexual addiction. But I know a God who met me there. I know a God who healed me there. I know a God who set me free there. And you reach back to take someone with you because you live an open life. You know, um, this is a silly illustration. It just popped in my head. But when we don't allow that to happen, we can't live big open lives. We live little, small lives. And we can come in and out of church for the rest of our life like that. This passage said, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Because when we don't allow God to heal us and set us free, we allow things to grow in the dark. Instead of exposing them to the light. When I was a kid in high school, I used to have a 62 Ford Comet. Which, for most of you, don't have any idea what that is, but it was an old beater, basically, is what it was. And, um... I think I was the only kid in my group of kids who had a car. 
So it was always full of kids, and we were driving, you know, drove everywhere. And one summer, we took to the beach all summer. And uh, we threw our wet towels in the back seat. And after a couple weeks, can you imagine how the car stunk? But not only did it stink, but I decided to clean it out. And when I took the towels up, there were mushrooms growing in my carpet of my car. But instead of thinking they were gross, I thought they were cool. Hey, hey, if you're getting in the back seat, be careful of my mushrooms back there. Too much marijuana. Anyway, um, you, you, so I, we thought they were cool, but the truth is, once we took the towels off, the mushrooms shriveled up and died. You know, the same thing happens with the brokenness in our life. When we choose to live an open life, when we choose to open ourselves to God, that the light of his goodness comes in, and those things that were growing in the dark have no more power. They have no more place. And we're able to reach back and help someone else. We're able to, to reach back and help someone else. There's nothing like the power of I understand. There's nothing like looking into someone else's face and say, I know what it's like. I know what that's like. I know how that feels. I know what it's like to be bound by that. I know what it's like to be ashamed of that. I know what it's like to feel disgusted with yourself all the time. But I know a God who meets you there, who heals you there, who loves you there, who delivers you there. The power of I understand. We don't have a high priest who's unacquainted with our sorrows. He understands, the Bible says in Hebrews. He understands our struggle. He understands our pain. And he wants to heal us. Why? Because he wants us to live an open life. He wants us to live an open life with open hands. Open lives with open hands. Have you, um, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Two things are mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 and 11. It says, be generous with the different things God gave you. Be generous with the different things God gave you. It doesn't say, be generous just with the money God gave you. It says, be generous with the different things that God gave you. Not that God will give you. Not that God used to give you. Not that God gave someone else. Be generous with the things God gave you. Two points today. The first one is, God has already given you things. God has already given you things. I don't feel like he has. It doesn't matter how you feel. The word is truer than how you feel. I, I don't see where he has. That's okay. He'll show you. If you ask, he'll show you. You said ask and he'll show you. He, the word says ask and he'll show you. I don't think I have any talents. I don't think I have any, any, anything to offer anybody. No, no. He gave you something. First Peter said he gave. Not he's going to give. We'll give. Uh, I'll give you, but not you. He gave. He gave to all of us. He gave us time and talent and treasure. Some of us, it's different. In the book of um, Matthew, it talks about the, the talents that God gave, five to one, two to one, two to another guy, and one to one. Yeah, we all have different talents, but what the problem is, they're so busy looking at the guy with five that we don't see that we have the one. We're so busy comparing ourselves with someone else who's got those five prosperous talents that we didn't see that we had the one talent that is able to help someone else care for their kids. They didn't say that one that they were better. They just said they were different according to their ability. I prayed, God, please make me a five-talent person. And one day he said to me, hey, babe, just work on the one. Just work the one. You know what? We just need to work the one. But the truth is, is that God has given something to all of us. And whether it's time or talent or treasure, God has put something on the inside of you. And the first point is, is that he's done it. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, through seven, the Bible tells a story about a woman, and the woman was in a bad way. Her husband had died, and she had sons, and she was in debt. Can you imagine being in debt in the United States of America and having to ch- sell your children to pay off your debt? We'd all be childless as a nation. 
scary. Although there were times when my son was little that might not have been so bad. Anyway, <laughs> he was the strongest little kid. Help me, Jesus. Um, and so she goes to the prophet and she said, what am I going to do? I, I need some help. I need some help. I don't know what to do. And you know what he said? He didn't reach in his pocket and pull something out. He didn't, he didn't reach in his pocket and give her a, a check or money or gold or any of those things. He asked her a question back. And I believe God's asking the church a question back today. First, he said, what do you want me to do? Obviously, what did, he, did she want him to do? Help. Help. I need help. But what he said back to her was, what do you have in your house? And God's here this morning saying, I've already given you something, but what do you have in your house? Not will you have when you sell the house. Not, not what will you have one day when your mother passes away. Not what did, you, what did you used to have. or Not when your income tax has. He comes. I want to know what you have right now. What's in your house? What is in your house today that you can put in the hands of God? He said, what do you have in your house? And she said, I only have a little bit of oil. First she said nothing. Like our response. What are you called to do? What are you talented to do? Nothing. No, no, no. She said I don't have anything but a little bit of oil. And he said, give me the oil and then go get empty vessels from everyone you know. Do you know what? The people in our lives who don't know Jesus are empty vessels. And when that oil was, when he took that oil and he blessed it and poured it out, he, she got the vessels and he blessed it and began to pour it out. And as long as it was poured out, as long as we're giving, as long as we're using what's in our house, as long as we're using what's in our hand, as long as we're using what's in our heart, it continues to pour out. As long as he poured it out, as long as the vessels remained, the oil kept pouring out and kept pouring out and pouring out. There are people in our lives that need to know God. They need us to live open lives so that the oil of God can be poured out through our lives into their lives. Their marriages are broken. Their finances are ruined. They're depressed. There's more people on antidepressants in the United States of America than most of the other rest of the world combined. Our world is not well, but God has given gifts to us, given things to us. He didn't ask the woman, what will you have? He didn't ask her, what does your neighbor have? He didn't ask, what did your mother used to have? He said, what's in your house today? Just think for a minute, what's in your house? What about that car that's parked in the driveway that no one drives anymore? What about that gold in your jewelry box that could be sold in a family fed? What about those four Chanel purses that you never use in your closet? Those are just material things. What about that cake you made that you shouldn't be eating? What about your neighbor across the street with the four little kids? What about the gas you're going to use to go to the grocery store when you could stop and ask her and say, hey, do you need anything? Can I pick you up anything? What's in your house? What's in your house today? What about the grandma who lives down the street that no one's visited in a long time? What's in your house? What's in your yard? Do you have flowers in your yard? What's in your house? What's in your hand? Not what's going to be, not will be. God called us to live open, generous lives with every part of our lives. Keep open house. Keep open house. When I lived in Bulgaria, I came home for a month and um, my 
friend was taking me to the airport after I was here, and I was we were missionaries there. And when I was getting ready to go back, she gave me a watch, a really nice watch, expensive, beautiful watch, and it had two time zones on it. And I said, Oh my gosh, this is the nicest watch I've ever owned. It was kind of big, like for a man, but I had really big hands, and I loved it. And uh, she goes, Yeah, it's kind of a gift for you and a gift for me because you call me in the middle of the night, and this way you won't anymore. You'll see what time it is. So I put the watch on and I went home. And when I got home, um, I was there about two days, and my pastor asked me to meet with a missions pastor, and who is uh, our missions pastor in Bulgaria was going to go to Ukraine. And um, I went in to meet with him, and he said, "Can you tell me what time is it?" I said, "Yes, Bulgarian time or American time." And he said, "Bulgarian time." And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "I gotta go down and pick up a suitcase for my trip. Can you wait here a minute? And be, I'll be right back." And I said, "Yeah." And he walked out, and I was admiring the watch. And the Holy Spirit said to me, "Give him the watch." And I said, no, I just got this watch. I like this watch. Never owned a watch this nice. And I'm dialoguing with God like he doesn't know, like you are. He said to me, you know what? If you didn't love it, I wouldn't want it. That's why we dedicate our babies, because we love them. So we give them back to him. If you didn't love it, I wouldn't want it. I go, I just got this watch. She gave it to me at the airport. And I'm talking, talking. And he's, you know, he's like, I was there. And, um, but by the time we're done, he, he, I said to him, I just got this watch. He said, it's not your watch. I gave it to you to carry here for him. What in your life has God given you for someone else? Your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your patience, your sewing, your lawn mowing, your car fixing your finances. Some of you are blessed. Some of you don't want to go to Africa. That's okay. These guys on the front row do. Prosper in your job and send them. Do what you do so they can do what they do. Do what you do so someone else can know God because you live a big, open, generous life. I travel all over the world and you know what? The world isn't well. The world isn't well. 400,000 children in the United States of America are in foster care. I don't know what the population of your city is, but I'm guessing it's those 400,000 is more. 800,000 teenage girls have become pregnant in the United States of America this year. 800,000. 29 million people are held in slavery, human slavery, across the planet today. One in every seven people on the planet will go to bed malnutrition tonight. 12 million of those are in the United States of America. Our world isn't well, but God has given gifts to us to serve someone else live big, generous, open lives. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you for awakening us, God. We thank you for awakening us today. God, today we just open our heart again to you, to your presence, to your goodness, to your grace, to who you are. You know, I just want to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed just to give privacy to one another. You know, if you're here this morning... And I mentioned that all you have to do is open your heart a crack. It's not good enough to sit in church week after week. You have to open your heart and ask him to come in. It only takes a crack. You only, you only have to go, I'll try this. I'll, I'll open to you. I, I, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a chance. You know, if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you've never opened your heart. You can never open your hand if you don't open your heart. I want to pray with you today. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if you'd like prayer this morning, God, I want to open my heart to you. I'm just asking you to slip your hand up. I want to pray for you today. God, I want to open my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. <laughs>